And welcome back in Stripe Show Podcasts. I'm your host, of course, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Hope you're having a great week. Sorry, I missed you on Monday. Busy day there with Golf Digest shooting a bunch more oh shit videos, as you know them by. And um, can't wait for you to see those. I, I spent the day uh, hitting snap hooks, slices off the tee. I actually popped a couple up, shanked a few irons, duffed chip wedges around the green and on purpose missing three or four footers. So it was a great day for my own personal game. But for your entertainment and well-being on the golf course, I think you will enjoy it. Look out for those at Golf Digest on their social media channels within the next couple of weeks. But before we get to that, a uh, lot of golf coming up. We are getting right into it here, folks. The thick of things, the FedEx Cup playoffs start this week. Top 125 in the standings are in the field at TPC Boston, golf course that I've played uh, many times over the years with my time at the PGA Tour Academy's fun golf course, difficult golf course. And I can't wait to see the best players in the world teeing it up there once again. This is the first time, though, the Northern Trust uh, will be held at TPC Boston. Of course, now the playoffs are only three stops, and they'll alternate now this first stop, the Northern Trust, between Liberty National and TPC Boston. And the man to help me get paired for your picks and uh, get you everything you need to know, my friend there at PGATour.com, Senior Editor Sean Martin. How you doing, Sean? Good. How are you, Travis? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming back. You know, the last time that we spoke, um, we halted play at the TPC Sawgrass. You remember that, right? When we were breaking down all things Players Championship, and then just a few days later, we had nothing to talk about. So let's hope that we don't have that same effect again um, there at TPC Boston. And I know you uh, you cover the game closely with the tour. You can follow them at Twitter at PGA Tour S. Martin, he's a great follow, and I get a lot of my nuggets from him, Sean. And uh, there's a lot to, to look at here. Um, you know, there's really a tournament in a tournament, right? This is the playoffs. We got 125 there. They got to get inside the top 70, and we're going to start looking at some of those bubble guys later in the show. But there's also a tournament to be had and won, right? And that is the Northern Trust. All the big names are there. Let's have some fun out of the gate, Sean. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take these big names and I'm going to package them up, okay, into, into threes. And uh, I want you to pick the one out of the three that you like this week. All right? So here we go. Group number one, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, and Rory McIlroy. All yours. You know, Rory struggled uh, for, since the season resumed, um, and he had that interesting quote at TPC Harding Park at the PGA where he said, maybe I'm just not as good as I used to be. And, of course, uh, when I say he struggled, you know, I think he's made all his cuts, but just a lot of, you know, T35 kind of middle-of-the-pack finishes. Um, I am going to go, I think, Bryson, uh, past winner here, obviously, and – you know, I mean, usually guys come out of a break talking about what they figured out, what they found. But he did say in the off week that he and Chris Como uh, found something to kind of help him hit it straighter and kind of, you know, keep all of that power under control um, and deliver a little more accuracy to go with that swing speed. And I know that's something that he and Chris have worked really hard on face stability. Chris has that great setup in his living room where he's got, you know, 3D motion capture 
to really kind of help take a look, a closer look at what the club face is doing. So I'm going to go uh, Bryson DeChambeau and take him at his word that um, that he is going to add some accuracy to that power and continue his good play. Wow, JT just gets slided at every <laughs> at every chance, doesn't he? It's amazing. Um, <laughs> as hard as Bryson goes at it, I mean, Bryson's been incredibly consistent. I think nine yeah. top tens and 14 starts. JT has been the best player this season, the only three-time winner, but – I feel like I've been burned. You pick JT sometimes and just a, a random miscut pops up there. You know, he might go win, miscut, win, but you always remember that miscut when you had him on your, your fantasy team. It always stings a little bit. It's true. That's a good point. It, it can be feast or famine with him sometimes. Um, DraftKings has him as a favorite. Uh, he's the most has the most value from a salary standpoint, 11300 He was first at the St. Jude, of course, really got it going, uh, holding off Brooks. 37th of the PGA, maybe looked a little gassed. I think Bryson certainly um, is a is a safe pick, as you mentioned. Won 2018, played well fourth at the PGA. I just let me throw this at you with Rory. Um, he's won here, right? 2012, 2016. Um, I think Rory was a little PO'd with Brooks's comments about DJ. Um, I think sometimes with these great players, you know, Rory. Brooks, um, DJ falls in this category. Like, you need something to like pique their interest a little bit. And, um, you know, Rory's been kind of, you know, kind of just muddling around here a little bit post COVID. He had it going big time before COVID. But now, as you mentioned, just a lot of middle of the pack finishes. I, I think we're going to, I think Rory's going to turn the corner here. I, I think he's going to, start to play some some great golf. He can't keep him down too long. I think he's going to get his interest peak. He's played well here. Sometimes just some good vibes, right? At TPC Boston, hey, I've won here. It's go time. What do you think? Yeah, and that 2016 win um was 2016 was not the the best year for him. He he won his second FedEx Cup that year, but he really wasn't much of a factor going into the playoffs. And then on that Monday finish there uh for Labor Day, he shoots a great 65 in poor conditions, which to him was a really important round because so often, you know, there were criticisms that he couldn't play well in the wind. He couldn't flight his ball, uh, that kind of stuff. And so instead he goes out there, shoots 65 in, in bad conditions, runs away with it, goes on to win the FedEx Cup and totally turns his year around. So I think there are some similarities in that uh, it could be a place where he turns around his yeah post-pandemic uh, play. All right, here we go. Match number two. Or I should say, group number two. Who are we going with? Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, or the world number one ranked player John Rom? I'm going to go Rom. Uh, you know, we saw DJ. We saw the win at the Travelers. We saw the runner-up at the PGA, uh, where he's the 54-hole leader. Um, that kind of preceded those comments by Brooks, um, but in between there was the the poor play that he attributed to, a, I think, a bad back. And so you mm -hmm. do wonder if there's a risk of that popping up again. And with Colin, I mean, look, Colin, very mature, very well-spoken, uh, really solid head on his shoulders. But adjusting to your first major win at age 23, I think that it's just such a, you know, a gigantic adjustment. And you're going to be thrust into that star-studded group. You're going to be playing with Justin Thomas and Webb Simpson um, the first two rounds that I, I think the safest bet is, is Rom, just because um, I would – pick Morikawa very often because, I mean, without the divisor, he'd be number one in the world. But I think just so closely removed from his his first major is, is going to be a, a big adjustment for him. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, and I think this golf course probably 
right up his alley, which most are when you hit the ball as good as he does. But, um, you know, bent grass, he has shown to be more comfortable on as he won at Parting Park. Bent grass, he's back on bent with Boston. Bermuda seems to give him a little bit of trouble. So I think from that standpoint, it checks the box. Uh, maybe he just goes full Tiger here onto the scene, right? And wins two of these three, wins the FedEx Cup. And we're like, oh my God, like we have an actual, and we don't just have a star in our hands. We actually have uh, a superstar. DJ is fascinating. Do you do you think DJ behind closed doors was like, okay, Brooks, I hear you. And you want to take it to that level Maybe it affected DJ to some degree. He came out on Sunday. It looked like peak focused DJ to me. What do you say? Yeah, I don't think that DJ puts too much stock into that. I I don't know that he thinks twice about too much. I mean, that's his his, his biggest skill is um, just brushing things off. I mean, you remember all the you know the heartbreak in 2010 at Pebble Beach and whistling straights, and um, I think that's his biggest asset is he rebounds quickly from things and, and yeah does brush them off. So I, I don't know that he would have put. Uh, too much thought into it. And real quick, back to Morikawa. I'm from California, yeah. like Morikawa. I've lived in Florida for 14 years, and I still feel like I haven't made the adjustment to Bermuda. So that is a very real <laughs> struggle when you grow up in California. It is. And you know what's fascinating is to look at how players put different surfaces. I mean, there there's definitely something to say about it. You look at the Wyndham you look at Bermuda, fast greens, like Billy Horschel chews that up. You know, he grew up, you know, he's a gator. These Georgia Bulldogs putt fast Bermuda as well. And, um, you know, they they may struggle on bent grass from time to time. So there's really definitely something to that. Um, I think going from bent to Bermuda is certainly the the bigger ask. Um, growing up in the Northwest, I certainly went through that. and not sure I am even um, have learned how to do it quite yet. But speaking of putting, um, a guy that has no problem changing putters. And I know it just absolutely drives one of his coaches nuts, Alan Tara, who I had on the podcast. And we actually talked, Sean, um, right after DJ withdrew. And I asked him, I was like, is he really hurt? And he was like, no, he's fine. Um, you know, it was a little tweak, this and that. You know, you never really know. But um, I think adding it all up, I think DJ's fine. I don't think there's any really issue there. But it's feast or famine with the putter with DJ. When it's good, when he putts good, he's there. You know, he gained 6.8 at the PGA second. He gained six strokes putting at the Travelers first. And then he turns around and loses six at Memorial, misses the gut. And, you know, he's not afraid to change putters. So, I don't know. I, I think it does mean something. I think you're a human, man. I think, like, when someone takes an attack at you like that and makes it personal, that's where this is a little different than maybe some of the things that have happened to DJ on the course, like in the U S open. I think, it, I think it rubs you the wrong way. It's like, all right, Brooks, I've taken under my wing. Now you want to go out of that way. You look peaked to me on Sunday. I would be surprised to see DJ come out full force here um, with the playoffs. Yeah. It was very interesting too, with people kind of analyzing Brooks's quotes compared to past quotes. And, you know, Brooks told Eamon Lynch of golf week that, uh, the whole Brooks DJ friendship was overblown. It was a media creation, but then people on Twitter were pulling up quotes from two years ago where Brooks was calling DJ his best friend. So it does seem like there is something there. Yeah. All right. Ready? Here we go. Group number three. Speaking of Brooks, Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson, and Patrick Reed. Uh, Webb Simpson, past champion here, uh, 2011. Uh, just a super steady year. Um, uh, yeah, I think Webb Simpson's my guy. Another third place finish at Wyndham, his fourth consecutive top three at uh, in Greensboro, and so I see no reason not to go Webb Simpson. Yeah, 
still like JT perhaps doesn't get the full credit right with with Webb. Who knows with Brooks right now? He he feels like he's pressing um, a little bit. Would you would you agree with that with the game right now? He's he's kind of pressing a bit. I think so. Um, it's just it's been very interesting just kind of listening to his comments on his injury. It's you know it's not that bad. It's not affecting me. Then it's worse than anyone knows. I might need surgery. I might not. It's it's um, there's there's something there. And then he did. He seemed to find it, um, you know, after he was able to reunite with Pete Cowan and work with Pete and Claude Harmon going into the FedEx St. Jude uh, Invitational. And even for three rounds of the PGA seems to have found it. But then just a very uh, un-Brooks-like final round. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, right? The whole Brooks-DJ situation, just uh, fascinating. A lot of movement, and I think there will continue to be uh, up top there in the top 10 of the official World Golf rankings, and they're all there, man. They're going to be playing, and we've been spoiled since the PGA Tour has done such a great job getting back out there playing, leading the way with the bubble. It's been really impressive stuff, um, what the Tour has done. But back to this group, you know, I, I just, I've seen this before with Patrick Reed. He's starting to show some signs and just in time for the big playoffs, here we go. All the best players in the world. He was 13th at the PGA, 9th at the Wyndham. He finished 6th here in 2017, 5th and 16, 4th and 15. Feels like a Patrick Reed kind of weekend, maybe. What do you think? Yeah, he's, he's, won, it, uh, he's won this event twice. Won it at Bethpage, won it at Liberty National. Yep. Uh, so good time of year for him. Um, likes the, the area. I think... Beth Page and TFC Boston, you know, I feel like some similarities just didn't look and um, yeah. just kind of that New England feel to it. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's crazy. Patrick Reed, sixth in the FedEx Cup. He won a WGC in Mexico this year. And, um, going for a, a seventh straight start at Eastlake, which is, is pretty impressive when you consider, yeah. you know, all the guys that have not made that many in a row. I think DJ leads the way he's qualified 11 straight years, but seven years in a row of top 30 is impressive stuff. You know, it's just when you look at Patrick Reed's statistics, right? Like, okay, he hits it. You know, he's relatively long up the tee. He's not, he's not one of the bombers, but he doesn't hit a lot of fairways. Doesn't hit a lot of greens, but he just scores. You know, he just he just scores. And and he, he seems to kind of favor more of the bent grass surface, as we were talking earlier. But um, he just seems to grind, gets the most out of his game. Then he gets near the lead, and he just kind of – he finds his moments to – to pounce and, and when he usually when he gets in there he wins his share so yeah that is an impressive stat getting to east lake um the top 30 which of course it'll be whittled down to the top 70 after this week olympia fields they'll move on to bmw championship right outside of chicago and as we kind of look ahead here this week tigers in the field i was a little surprised i mean this is going to be probably a Hopefully, a four out of five week stretch for Tiger. I mean, what do you what do you expect to see from Mr. Woods uh, in Boston and through the playoffs? Yeah, he looked good at the PGA. I think compared to what we thought. I mean, as far you know, going into it, everyone thought the cold weather was going to keep him from being able to go full bore at it. His back was going to be too stiff. Um, he just wasn't wasn't going to be able to move well. And you did see him leave rain pants on constantly, even on some of the days where guys were in short sleeves. Uh, he was wearing rain pants a lot to try to, you know, keep the warmth going. He said he was trying to feel like he was sweating uh, under his mm-hmm. clothes, even during the cold days. So the body is an issue. But, uh, I mean, he was able to go at it. When he walked off the golf course on Thursday at Harding Park, he was leading the field in driving distance. Bryson hadn't teed off yet. But still, he was, you know, that was with 85 guys or so who uh, hit measured drives already. He finished the day in the top five. So he was able to yeah. move at it. Um, 
you know, adjusting to a new putter. He had to go to a longer putter to take some of the stress off his back to allow himself to kind of practice more and, and be less bent over. Um, but it's still an adjustment when you change the length on a club like that. I think that we see a, you know, a made cut and a top 30 finish or so, but I don't really expect, you know, contention yeah. this week. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. All right, so here's another question for you. Let's put, uh, let's get a group of three here in each bucket. Not saying there's a changing of the guard by by any stretch. I mean, you know, we we can see Tiger and Phil their careers. They're on the back half, back third of of their career for sure. And the Rory, JT, Spieth, you know, they've kind of moved in. And now underneath that, we've got this younger crew, right? The the Morikawas, the Wolfs, the Hovlands, the Sanjayims. So bigger for golf here as we finish up the FedEx Cup playoffs. We're in Atlanta. In one bucket, we've got Rory, Bryson, JT. In the other bucket, we've got Morikawa, Wolf, Hovland. Which bucket bigger for golf holding the trophy at the end in Atlanta? I think golf fans are obsessed with the next big thing. Um, and so, even you know, JT and his ilk are 27 and they already feel very old um, to, I think, golf fans. They've been around for so long. I mean, it's hard to believe that. I mean, Jordan Spieth is 27 years old uh, for mm -hmm. all he's been through, for the highest of highs to now, you know, the lowest of lows, at least for him as far as golf. Um, still very young, but I feel like old to golf fans. They always want that fresh new thing um, to get excited about, to see if, you know, maybe this guy is the next, you know, great player we're seeing. And so... Uh, I think it'd be the younger guys. I think, you know, like you said, if Morikawa goes out, wins two playoff events, wins the FedEx Cup, I mean, then he's 23 years old. He's a major champion. He's player of the year. He's FedEx Cup champion. Uh, people will lose their minds. I think Matthew Wolf, being only 21, you know, he won 3M. Uh, but I think I think people will wonder, well, why hasn't he won since? Because he won so quickly. But in reality, with Matthew Wolf, the very impressive thing this summer has been that he's displayed a new level of consistency. He was in contention yeah. until the end at Rocket Mortgage. He contended in a major, shooting 65 in the final round of the PGA. Um, I think the longest putt he made on that Sunday was 13 feet. You know, he's in contention, losing strokes on the greens, just ball striking it so well. And so same thing with, you know, Hovland, another young player. I think those are the big ones because people just love that next star. They love daydreaming about like, man, this guy has 25 years until he turns 50. What can he do in those 25 years? Are we watching the next, you know, Mount Rushmore style golfer? And so that's what gets fans, I think, really, really excited. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to agree. And it was cool to see Cameron Champ, you know, show up 
at the PGA. You know, another uh, young name and and obviously can vomit and has that that sexy game, you know, that's kind of fun to watch and we all daydream about, as you mentioned, like we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, and I, <laughs> you know, we, I was going to bring Champ up later, but it's a perfect yeah. time now. But, you know, everyone obsesses over the distance. Um, but now, I mean, he's a 25-year-old with two PGA Tour wins and just like with Wolf, kind of like I said, he's a long hitter who now has started to find that consistency. You know, he says after the Sanderson, there was so much pressure put on him. He's put in so many feature groups. There was so much attention that it kind of got to him, and his game went south. And it went pretty far south. There were some, you know, big numbers. He was racking up, um, you know, hitting balls in trouble, racking up big scores on holes and missing a lot of cuts. And this year, he's finished in the top 25 in more than half his starts. He was there on Sunday at the PGA. Um, he's a guy who... Yeah, I think he gets a little underrated, to be honest, for all the attention he has gotten because of his length. Yep. Because he is 25, he has two tour wins, and now he's starting to kind of show that consistency that you need. He's certainly got the firepower, and he he is starting to show more of that consistency. And and I think it's really cool with Wolf. You know, I think he's he's really had a nice season as well. Um, you know, not as big as Morikawa. And, you know, Hovland hasn't played great over the last month. 33rd at the PGA, 59th at St. Jude. Um, 48th at Memorial. We saw him at Workday. He finished third. Some good finishes um, before that. But, you know, I think um, I, I think for, for Hovland, what's been interesting is he just hadn't hit the ball good the last three weeks. It's, it's kind of strange. You, you look at his ball striking stats, strokes and approach, which is such a huge statistic on the PGA Tour. I mean, you look at the stretch in June and July. I mean, he was just crushing people's strokes and approach and gaining four, five, six, seven, up to eight at the Travelers. And then the last three weeks, he's in the negative. Except, excuse me, at WGC, he did gain a stroke there. But you can you can clearly see the drop off in ball striking the last three weeks. We know the opportunities in the short game, um, but for him, he he needs to win in the approach game, and he's young, and I'm sure he'll. He'll find his way through that, but the ebbs and flows, the difficulties of this game on the PGA Tour. And we thank Sean Martin for uh, jumping on with us here on the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's always, you know, fun talking to analysts about the game and and about the the type of player, you know, that they're going to be looking at and 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 who's going to do well at a particular golf course like a TPC Boston. And then over to Olympia Fields, and then of course East Lake, and uh, Sean, you know, inside the ropes there. Great senior editor, PGATour.com. Um, getting his take is is always fun. Now, you know, I do a show for DraftKings. It's called the Matchup, and uh, will be posted on my site, Instagram at Travis Fulton Golf. Go check it out there, and just giving you a little insight to some of the things that that I've been looking at. Uh, with this particular t- this tournament here, TPC Boston, a golf course that I've played a couple times, as I've mentioned, um, you know, fun track, difficult golf course, and, and a golf course. When you look at it statistically, what's going to pan out here? Obviously, the most important stat is strokes gain approach. Strokes gain approach um, is is paramount in any course that you play. I, I think the distance off of the tee is certainly going to have more value at a golf course like this. Um, but strokes hand approach is number one. Strokes hand putting is 1A. When you look at the difference between approach and putting, the gap is as narrow as you'll ever see it here at this particular course, at least according to fantasynational.com, which is a, is a site that I use 
And it's really good um, in giving you kind of the history and how things have played out at this course, TPC Boston. So strokes gain approach one, strokes gain putting 1A, bent grass. We're back on bent grass. Um, that's important. Some players putt bent better, others putt Bermuda better, others putt POA better. So I always like to take a look at that. Um, stroke stand off the tee certainly comes in right underneath um, stroke stand putting. And then at the bottom, stroke stand around the green. Um, you know, it's interesting, stroke stand around the green, when you start taking deeper dive looks at what really pans out, it's usually towards the bottom. Um, do you have to have a great short game to play the PGA Tour? Absolutely. Is it the most important stat on the PGA Tour? Not even close. Um, so it kind of weighs down a little bit for me when I'm looking at players. Now, you can't be a dog around the greens, but, you know, this is how this golf course kind of shapes up. I think interesting um, in, in talking to him about those big-name players and, and who that he likes, uh, JT, Bryson, Rory. I think Bryson certainly um, is the, the safest pick, uh, one here in 18. JT, though, it's interesting. He just kind of, is. it's for whatever reason, it's just easy to overlook him. Um, and uh, he, he slid out of that number one spot now as Rom is back into that. But, you know, that doesn't, at the end of the day, it's like these guys, it's nice to have, but these guys want to win major championships and, and they want to win tournaments. And if they can get into that number one spot while doing that, well, that's just, that's a bonus. Um, but I do think Rory, it's time for Rory to take the next step here um, and, and kind of get things back on track uh, and get back to playing the kind of golf that we were seeing uh, before COVID because there was not a better player in the world than Rory McIlroy um, when the pandemic hit. So he has been, you know, struggling a little bit middle of the pack, making cuts, um, but not the finishes that we're used to. The ball striking's there. He's back on bent grass, not his best surface, um, but he has putted these greens well before. So I think Rory, I think Rory starts to play some great golf again. I think we start to see some of those signs this week uh, in Boston. The second grouping that I threw at him, DJ Morikawa and Rom. He went with Rom, probably the safe pick there. You know, DJ, <laughs> you know, I just, I love talking Dustin Johnson. He's one of my favorite golfers. And I think the comments that Brooks said, I think they meant something to DJ. Um, you know, hey man, you're a human being. When people start slighting you and taking shots at you in the media, that's got to mean something to you. I think DJ's definitely laid back. He lets things go. But I mean, come on, you know, let, let's, let's, uh, he's a human being too. And, and he can, he can listen to what's going on. He can, he can read between, um, the words a little bit. And I think it, uh, I think it stung a little bit, DJ. And I think it stung Rory. You know, he didn't have to stand up and, and, and put it out there like he did and, and push back a little bit to, to Brooks. So I think it's good. I think DJ, um, has a good run here in the playoffs. Morikawa, this is certainly another great spot for him back on bent grass. Rom, you know, he, number one player in the world. You get down to that final grouping, as I asked, you know, Brooks, Webb, Reed. Webb, certainly the safest pet, the most consistent. Went through, hit some weird drives there over the last few weeks if you were watching them on Shot Tracker. Um, but uh, some good old cooking there at Wyndham. You know, he loves Sedgefield. And, um, you know, it just feels like Brooks is pushing. And I think Reed, we start to see some good stuff from Patrick Reed. He's trending the right way. 
And uh, it'll be fun to see uh, where Patrick Reed ends up come TPC Boston, then all the way down um, into the finals in Atlanta. You go back to my show. One of the matchups I did was Rory McIlroy versus Patrick Reed. So you're going to want to check that out as I went head to head with those two full breakdown. Another one I did was Terrell Hatton versus Tony Fino. I talked about Terrell. Um, I think he's another player that's overlooked. Uh, Terrell Hatton, uh, to me, um, has just steadily improved. He's won. Uh, on the PGA Tour. Of course, he won the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, he's won in Europe. Um, in DraftKings, he's at 8,000. Tony Finau is at 8,800. If you want to play DraftKings, it's a lot of fun. Fantasy golf's a blast. Most have played fantasy football, but fantasy golf's a blast. You pick your six players, you stand on the salary cap, off you go. If you want to give it a try, use my promo code Travis, and uh, it gets you into the big game. The big game um, – is the one that everybody plays in. It's uh, this see this week. It's one point five five million total purse, and uh, it's five hundred thousand to the winner. So you get a free entry into that game using promo code Travis. Terrell Hatton's in in some of my lineups, uh, as is Tony Finau, my dog. I mean, I love me some Tony Finau. Strokes gain off the tee, 29th. Strokes gain approach, 17th. Strokes gain around the green, 32nd. Strokes gain putting, 77th. Stroke gain total, 13th. Finished fourth here back in 2018. I mean, he may not win, but by golly, he's probably going to be in the top 10. Tony Finau looking for that second win on the PGA Tour. I thought he played good on Sunday at the PGA. Um, he didn't fade, hit some good shots down the stretch. Morikawa just certainly um, the better player. I think it'll be interesting with Tiger where we're at. I don't like what I'm seeing with Hovland, as I mentioned, with his ball striking. And I think the real player here that's not probably getting any attention is Adam Scott. You know, he was 22nd at the PGA. Um, he's played well here. He's played bad here. Um, you know, where is he going to be? Adam Scott's a great player, major champion, lots of wins. Uh, he's fresh. He's only had one start um, since coming back. So Adam Scott, interesting player going into TPC Boston. Another lineup I had was Kevin Kisner versus Sunjay M. I highly recommend you go watch this show because we go deep inside uh, the numbers. Kisner is showing some form, people. Kevin Kisner, he can be streaky and he's on his way up. He is trending. Last three starts, 25th at the WGC, uh, 19th at the PGA, third at the Wyndham. Um, a player who you know, I, I think uh, we'll make some noise uh, this week. He's 75th strokes hand off the tee, uh, 79th strokes hand approach, 19th in putting, loves himself some bent grass greens, uh, and then strokes gain total, he is 27th in Sunjay M, uh, another player who doesn't get the credit he deserves, former rookie of the year, young player in that category of Morikawa, Wolf. Hovland, Sanjay M, uh, I think is finally starting to put some things together here. Sanjay, I think, went through his first slump there uh, post-pandemic, but now uh, starting to go again. I believe he was in the top 10 last week um, at the Wyndham. It got maybe so bad for Sanjay that he actually had to take a day off, and you know Things are going the wrong way when Sanjay M misses a tournament. So keep in mind, top 125, uh, the top 70. Wow, we're cutting 55 
from this group. You're going to have to play well. I believe the points are doubled, if not tripled, so you can make up some ground. Right now, 71, Sept Straka on the outside looking in. Harry Higgs had a good year. He's 72nd. Harold Varner the third, 70. Third, as I scroll down this list, Ricky Fowler right now is 88th. Ricky Fowler, wow, you know, a lot of changes uh, with Ricky and his game. I'd be surprised if he got inside the top 70. Some wholesale changes he's making. Tommy Fleetwood hasn't played much post pandemic, he is 89th. Uh, there's Emiliano Grio, uh, Sean Martin was talking about. Uh, Sean loves him some Sean or uh, some Chris Coma as he should, Chris. Is a great teacher. Check out that podcast if you haven't. The podcast with Chris Como. We went inside deep on the changes uh, with Bryson DeChambeau and how they got more distance and now stabilizing the face. Agrio is the at the bottom as far as the ranking in putting. He is 125 in the field over the last 50 rounds in putting. So he needs to find something. Uh, to go into the hole. There's Brooks Kepka, 97. How about that? Brooks Kepka, 97. It's not like he hasn't been playing. Been playing every week. Snedeker at 98. Spieth. Jordan Spieth is 100. Does Jordan Spieth get inside the top 70? I'm going to say no. Uh, I, you know, there, you know, there's, there's a name. Russell Henley played good last week. He was in our lineup. We were all over him uh, at the Wyndham. Good ball striker. Seems to be better on fast Bermuda. We'll see how he does on bent grass. Zach Johnson, good move from 129 to 104. And then there's Justin Rose, 109. I'm worried about Justin Rose. I think he's going the wrong way, folks. I, I really do. I've said that. Um, I don't get it. You know, he, he just seems like a, a guy that likes consistency, would want to keep things very structured and organized. And I just see everything different with Justin. The decisions he's making with his equipment, um, he was the number one player in the world when he was with Taylor May. Then he goes to Homa and then he separated from his swing coach, longtime swing coach, Sean Foley. Um, he's in every commercial now. He's in more commercials than Ricky Fowler. And his game's going the wrong way. His performance is going the wrong way. Now, he's a great player. He's a great person. There's no shot on Justin Rose. It's just, it just feels strange. The decisions that he's making with his equipment, his game, his team, and, um, you know, it, it just it doesn't add up for me. And he's currently 109th uh, going into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Speaking of making putts, needing the need to make putts, Luke Liss, here he is at 116. All the way down here, Shane Lowry, 122. Sean talked about him. Good um, good outing last week. He was at 131 going in. Now he's at 122. He needs to keep the good play going. And then Wyndham Clark rounds it out at one twenty-five. So it's going to be interesting. I love the playoffs. I think uh, there's a sense of urgency here for a lot of players. I love getting the best players in the world together. We have that. The top 125 FedEx Cup playoffs. It's the Northern Trust. First time it hasn't been in the New York area. They're going to alternate it. It's in Boston. TPC Boston. Great golf course. Get in the DraftKings. Use my promo code Travis. Get a shot at winning $500,000. It's a free entry. I do my own game in there. It's a fun $5 game that you can get into. It's called The Stripe Show. Love to have you. As always, thank you for joining me on The Stripe Show podcast, and I'll see you Friday for Happy Hour with Samantha Marks. Sure, the regular season is fun and all, but only one thing can compare to the excitement of basketball's playoffs, and that is playing daily fantasy sports with DraftKings, the leader in one day 
fantasy sports. Basketball has made its way through the regular season. Now it's time to crown a champion, and DraftKings is putting you in the center of the action. With millions in prizes up for grabs throughout the week, there's no better place to make it rain. Start playing for free with your first deposit today. If you haven't tried it, fantasy basketball, it's easy to play. Just pick eight players, stand to the seller cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a share of millions of dollars throughout the week. But if basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy baseball contests. Plus, new this year, DraftKings just launched Best Ball Contest for Football. If you aren't familiar with Best Ball, simply head to the app now and check it out. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code TRAVIS to play free with your first deposit today. Compete for millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. That's promo code TRAVIS to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes all week long only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. 